Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. If you were here last week, uh, we had a super encouraging message of the beheading of John the Baptist. Uh, And uh, it was quite a passage. And I thank you for many of your encouragements uh, that you appreciated uh, the message. Um, That's kind of a funny thing. But uh, I I know that you appreciate uh, as a church when God gets to have his way. And that's encouraging to me as a pastor and uh, encourages me to go on to continue to preach his word. Um, As we come uh, to this passage, uh, we have Jesus basically hearing bad news and continuing on. That's where we left off last week. Uh, that Jesus was continuing in his ministry, uh, loving John the Baptist, even though he had passed away, and continuing to have compassion. We'll see that in this passage this morning. But uh, if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you, starting at verse 13. John chapter 14, verse 13. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages to buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said said a blessing Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they they all ate and were satisfied, and they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces of leftover. And those who ate were about five thousand men besides women and children. God, we ask your blessing on your word this morning. We ask that we would hear clearly from you, that we would not uh, put our own uh, message in there, what we want to hear, but that we would hear from you, that your spirit would work in our midst, you'd prompt our hearts, that you'd change us, that you'd make us what you want us to be. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, This morning... uh, Where we're going to conclude is three things that Jesus is not teaching and three things Jesus is teaching, okay? But we're going to talk about the story, the message. If you recall, in the last few months, we've been looking at parables where Jesus is making up stories to teach a lesson. Now Jesus is orchestrating stories and he makes a, a message to them. He shows them. And he does a miracle, something that uh, none of us could do. Uh, Jesus did something that none of us could do. Uh, we, we look in this passage and we see 
that Jesus is withdrawing. He, he is coming away from the crowds. Uh, you can connect this with John the Baptist, the death of John the Baptist. It could be just simply that he's tired. He's physically tired. Uh, it could be that the crowds have pressed in on him. And it could be that this is just his way. This is a time for him in preparation. We see in this section, as time goes on, when we push toward the cross, that Jesus is no longer seeking crowds, but he's pushing away. He's pulling away. Yet the crowds are coming in all the more. He withdraws in a boat. And when the boat lands, we see a great crowd gathered there that uh, this was a time of Passover and people were moving around and traveling. And uh, we know that there were crowds uh, going and moving. And so these crowds gathered towards Jesus, which is a good idea, by the way. If uh, you can go and be with Jesus, if you could go and hear of him, uh, you should go. I, I know that... Uh, um, we hope to do something about the seating arrangement here in the first service in the uh, weeks and months to come. But don't ever say, don't ever say to yourself, oh, you know, it's just too hard to find a seat in church. And, you know, I get I get kind of claustrophobic. I don't like sitting by people. Uh, kind of need my personal space, at least three people uh, away. If that's true, by the way, you can go to the second service and there's plenty of room there. Uh, but uh, it's good. Um, the great crowd gathered. And, and this is what it says. And I love hearing this. And I love pointing it out and, and circling it in my mind and heart as I read the scripture. It says uh, what kind of person Jesus was. What he was doing. How he was acting. And what does it say? As we look at God's word, it says in verse 14... Uh, when he went ashore, he saw the great crowds and he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them. Um, how, how many of you, I want, I want two confessions here. We're not a Catholic church and I'm not the priest, but I want you to confess right now. How many of you get easily annoyed with people? I'm giving some of you time to raise your hand. I'm not just showing this. I'm not just showing this hand as an example to you. I'm acknowledging in my own heart that I get annoyed with people, sometimes my own family members. Um, but uh, as we, we, a lot of times we look at people and, and and we see them in their plight, and we see them and, and we say, "Well, you wouldn't be in that mess if you weren't so stupid." You know, if you weren't so dumb, you you know, you you'd think smart. If you'd be more like me. Uh, your life wouldn't be such a mess. And how much greater could Jesus have said that when he looked upon the crowds, when he looked upon those who are spiritually weak, fumbling, making wrong choices, and even sick, how much greater could Jesus have looked upon them and say, well, you're getting what you deserve. But it says this of Jesus that he was compassionate. He was compassionate. He hurt for them. And not just hurt for them, but he did what he could do, which is much greater than we can do. Much greater. It says they healed their sicknesses. He, he was going about, and you see this in the book of Matthew. This is what Jesus did. Uh, he went teaching. He went healing. He did miracles in their midst. 
And so what drove him to do that was compassion. And I want to tell you, just as I don't want to get too, there's as much we could talk about. He wants us to be compassionate too. He doesn't want us to be these people uh, that say, good, you're getting what you deserve. He, he wants us to be ones who, whose heart breaks for those who are struggling. So as we look at this, even as we see his, he had a heart of compassion. We look at 15 and it says this. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and they and said, this is a desolate place and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages to buy food for themselves. When Jesus is around, don't tell him stuff like this, by the way. Okay. He already knows. You know, this is, uh, some of us do this uh, to people. We, we, our family members around and say, uh, as parents, we do this to our children. You, you know, it's 8 o'clock already. You have school tomorrow. It's late. It's getting, shouldn't you start your homework? Shouldn't you do this? We, we say obvious things and I, I, I picture this, I smile, because the disciples were speaking to God come in the flesh. They, they, uh, they, they were telling him what time of day it was. Don't you know it's almost dinner time? Can you imagine saying the, 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 the gall and audacity to, tell, to remind Jesus what time of day it was? And it's almost dinner time. You probably didn't know this because you haven't been around very long. You're not, you're not in tune with what's going on here. Uh, they say this to Jesus. They speak they, and, and they say, you need to send them away. Send them away. And Jesus responds to them, verse 16. But Jesus said, uh, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And the you is emphatic there. It's, it's not something. Yeah, see if you could find somebody. You go take care of this. They put it on Jesus. We're telling you, Jesus, what you need to do. And Jesus says, okay, what I need to do. No, they're not going to go away. You go take care of them. You've been put in charge of the meal. Now, what what would you do in a situation like this? There's 5,000 people. Actually, did you catch that? There's 5,000 people. No, there's 5,000 men. Those are the big eaters, okay? Uh, representing households, most likely. Uh, not in an age where uh, they had 1.5 children uh, per average, but probably much larger. So maybe, let's say, 25,000 people. And Jesus looks to them and says, you're in charge, go give them something to eat. Yikes, how, how did I get in charge of this? Uh, not even a really good deep pit barbecue uh, would handle this many people. Uh, this is not something that can be done easily. This is not something that you whip uh, up a huge batch of something. Spaghetti would be uh, the one, right? Uh, it's quick, it's easy, you know, it feeds a lot, it's filling. Jesus says, you go give them something to eat. And, and, the disciples, we know from parallel passages, uh, did what any of us would do. We would take a look at our resources. Uh, some of you are very good with, with money and calculators and math. Uh, some of you did really well in math. I can't imagine, by the way. Uh, you know, uh, 
Uh, most of the time I'm having to count on my fingers. And if it gets to be high math, you got to take your shoes off, right? Uh, and, and, and you go and you look at your resources. You open the pantry, if you will. You, you pull out your wallet and you, you look at it. And their response to Jesus is, he, he, they told him something to do, but he put it back on them. You go take care of it. And then they came back to him and said, five loaves, two fish. We got one meal, a handful, maybe a, a, a couple's meal. Maybe if they have a small child, maybe the three of them. That's all we've got here. That's all we've got. Um, and doesn't speak of the source of this uh, little boy. It doesn't speak of even greater conversation. This is Matthew's account of what went on. It just says we have limited resources. And you know what? That's always true. That's always true. You know, money doesn't grow on trees. If it, if it would, we'd plant those trees, right? And we'd even water them. We'd even water them. We, if, money grew, if there was some way to print uh, money, we would figure out how to do it. If it was legal, right? Legal, yeah. Uh, we always have limited resources. We always do. And Jesus puts it on them and they say, we, we don't have the resources. We, we're limited in what we have. Very limited. Not even close uh, to coming through. And Jesus does, uh, most of us know this story. He says, uh, bring them here to me. And in verse 19, it says this, Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. And then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. That was the great miracle, right? Jesus, give it to me. He looked to heaven. He prayed a blessing on the food. And then he gave it to the disciples who gave it to the crowds. They were the waiters, if you will. They were the ones who took it from the kitchen to the ones who were to be eating, who were sitting down. And it says this of uh, those who ate there. Um, They all ate, verse 20, they all ate and were satisfied. They were satisfied. It wasn't that they got uh, a crust of bread. It wasn't that they they got a little speck uh, of fit. It it says that they all ate and were satisfied. I'm good. I've had enough. I'm not hungry anymore. This is what Jesus did for them, that they were satisfied. And then it says this, that they they took up the leftovers and they had 12 baskets full of broken pieces left over. Um, I find that significant, the 12. Uh, obviously, 12 is a number. Uh, you got 12 tribes. Uh, you, you have... I think it's the disciples, right? What I think happened here, it doesn't say this, but uh, the disciples were gathering this up, and I wonder if the next couple of days they had to carry that basket and say, how did Jesus do this? Like, I, I can't believe what I saw yesterday. You know, I don't know. That, that's speculation. But there were 12 baskets of these pieces left over. 
And so as you see this uh, in Scripture, you see him do this, and then it makes sure that we know that this wasn't a simple thing. Verse 21, uh, there were about 5,000 men besides women and children. That's a big, that, that's a big deal. 25,000, 30,000, I, I don't know how many people. But as you look at it, this was a miracle that God took a small lunch or a small dinner and he made it enough for everybody. I want to uh, just tie up the story and it's going to be a little bit longer this morning. Usually my application point is very short, but I want to give us three things that Jesus is not teaching through this story. And then three things that Jesus was teaching through the story. And there, there could be a longer list because I, I know that Jesus is always doing multiple things and he's working in many ways. There's many correlations both to the Old Testament and further uh, in history from this point. That Jesus, you have manna in the Old Testament, he provided for them there. He's going to provide in the end. Um, but, but I want us to see this morning, if we would have been there, what, what, what could we have maybe got confused about? What Jesus is not teaching. And the first one is this, and I want us to get these. these are, I hope these are profitable for us as we consider our own walk with Christ. The first thing I think that Jesus was not teaching, He is not teaching that I am the answer but rather, I am the problem. I am the problem. I was thinking about the disciples. And how do you think they knew that it was time to eat? How do you think they knew that it was time to eat? They were hungry. They were hungry. I don't know this. Like It doesn't say the disciples were hungry and then they go. We do this all the time. We do this all the time. Um, we get hungry, and, and if you're working on your humility and your servanthood in the home, when you get hungry, it should be a trigger that other people are hungry in your home. Uh, some of you are just manipulative, and you don't want to say it, and so when you get hungry, and you say, hey, are you hungry yet? <laughs> Hoping that they'll jump in there with you, and it will expedite uh, the dinner. But know this, know this, that... Most of the time in a situation that there's a problem, we think of ourselves as somehow the solution. That we can somehow figure it out. That we are the one that is the answer. That they would be at a loss if we didn't show up. It's interesting uh, that the disciples, they told Jesus what to do. We'll get to that in a minute. But they said, oh, because of our sharp thinking, we're the answer. We have, we have the, the, the thing that's going to make the difference here. I, I'm the answer. Like I, Because I'm so forward thinking and everything, I'm going to tell Jesus, go send, send everyone away. I solved it. And then the next day they would go, you know, I, I, you know, I, was, the, I was the answer to the problem. But think about it. Those disciples... They were hungry just like everybody else. They were needy just like everybody else. They were part of the problem. They were part of the ones that were needy. And so when you look at a situation in your home, it's so easy in the church to do this over and over again, to, to hear the pastor preach and you go, I hope so-and-so is listening over there because I know they have a problem with this. 
you know, you know that, that church, Bear Valley Church, they're full of a bunch of needy people. I just don't fit in there. I just don't fit in. Yes, you do. We are part of the problem. We are part of the problem. We are not this answer and this, this thing that is the, the solution. You know, the disciples thought that they were somehow going to lead the charge in solving this thing for Jesus. And yet, Jesus was the answer. They were the ones who were the needy ones. The second thing I want to give you this morning, uh, when Jesus is not teaching this, and this is Jesus speaking, I will give you what you want. I will give you what you want. You look at this sometimes, and we make plans. We, we have desires. We have things that we want to see happen. And then Jesus is the one that's supposed to give us what we want. And, and some, sometimes we look at a story like this and we say, well, they were hungry. That's what they wanted. Jesus gave it to them. So Jesus gives us what we want. I want to tell you, Jesus didn't put on dinner or lunch, supper, whatever you want to call it. He didn't do this every day for these people. He, he decided he was going to use it as a lesson. There are other days he didn't provide. Not that he wasn't the provider, but that he didn't lay it out there for them. He didn't give them what they want. I, I want to tell you that, that, that there are many days, and, and you, you all know this, but maybe in your heart you're saying, well, something's wrong. There are many days you're not going to get what you want. Jesus is not going to work in your life and give you what you want him to give you. And, and, and you're, you're going to feel like someone sitting in a restaurant, a fine restaurant, and your meal comes and you go, I didn't order this. It's not cooked the way I like it. Take it back. Fix it. I, I want to tell you, uh, that's not walking with Jesus. That That's somehow having this thing where He's walking with you. He's following your lead. You're doing what you want and He's supposed to uh, come behind you and clean up the mess, go before you and make it easy for you. It's not what Jesus is teaching here. Jesus, or He, he is not one that gives us what we want. Third thing that Jesus is not teaching is that is this that faith is not preparing, not preparing, and Jesus providing, not preparing and Jesus providing. Uh, if you read this story and maybe you you look at at face value, you say, well, why didn't all those people bring dinner? Why didn't they all have food? Why didn't they all take care of themselves? Why didn't Jesus just call out and say, Hey, everyone, take care of your own family. Hey, uh, or worse yet, well, we talked about before, Jesus calling out, Hey, all of you who are too dumb to pack, you're going to starve right now, okay? Until you can get to a town where you can buy some things. I want to tell you that, that Jesus does clean up for us. He does fix our messes. He is the one who will take care of us. 
But for us to presume upon that and say, I'm going to make a mess and Jesus is going to bail me out. That's not what this, this passage is teaching. It's not Jesus will give you a free lunch. That, that, that's not what this passage is all about. Those are the three things. And there are more. I, I had to kind of think through and, and, and make sure I got just three of them here because I think there's a lot of things in this passage that Jesus is not teaching. But let's move over to that which Jesus is teaching. And this is exciting. Uh, every page of Scripture, every page reveals who our God is, reveals Him. And we look at these verses, and what we see from these verses, Jesus is teaching about Himself, and He says, I am the compassionate provider. I am the compassionate provider. Uh, Sometimes people have one of those and not the other. Their heart breaks for you. Their their heart is with you, but they have no resources. (laughs) Say, uh, you know, I'd love, I'd love to take care of you. I'd love to provide for you. I'd love to meet your needs right now, but I I can't. (laughs) And you go, oh, it's nice that you're compassionate. I'm thankful for your heart, but I need more than that. As you look at Jesus, he reveals himself to be the compassionate provider. And I want to tell you this. What he did that day wasn't a big deal. I mean, it was a big deal, but it wasn't a big deal. And when I say it's not a big deal, it was just a meal, right? Uh, Unfortunately, those same people, they were satisfied at that moment, but they were not satisfied in food forever. They followed after Christ. They were satisfied in their soul in him, but they needed another meal after that. Jesus is, he reveals himself to be the compassionate provider. And I want to tell you, that's in all things, in all things. That Jesus' heart is with those who will break before him, that will see their need, that will come to them. And not just that, that he's not compassionate, but he is the provider. He is the one that can provide for you that which you need. And so we follow Him. We come to Him. We cry out to Him. He is our compassionate provider. I realize that um, for some of us here this morning, we're questioning. You say, well, I've been crying out to the Lord for days and weeks and months, years. My heart breaks. Why haven't you fixed this yet? Why haven't you changed this? I want to tell you that He is your compassionate provider. He knows what you need. He loves you. His heart is with you. And if He hasn't provided for you yet, it means a couple of things. Maybe that's not what He has for you. Maybe He's got a different timetable than you have. Maybe He he has something better for you that you don't even know about. But know this, that He is your compassionate provider. Second thing that Jesus is teaching, he's teaching this, and if he, he would not say this in a rude way, but 
he would cl- clearly gave that that, that day. I, I, I can't help but think the disciples didn't get this message. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. I, I want to tell you this. Don't tell Jesus what to do. It, it, it's so amazing the way we would share and even pray sometimes to the Lord. And, and I look at the disciples and they did it that day. Jesus, send him away. You probably didn't get this, uh, Jesus, but I, I'll tell you, you don't know what to do right now, but I'm going to tell you what to do. You don't need to tell Jesus what to do. It's not your role. Our, our prayers should be like this. They, they, there should be some fumbling to them. Jesus, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what you're going to do. <clears throat> Jesus, this is my plan. This is what I thought should go on, but I don't know. I, I don't always have your heart. I want to have your heart. I want to follow after you. If you've got a better way, I want to go your way. If you're going to wait, I want to wait. If you want to go faster, I want to go faster. Jesus, I I sometimes get it wrong. Please guide my heart. My heart is prone to being swayed to and fro. You've said in your word a couple of different places about oceans and waves, and my heart is like that sometimes. Jesus, help me to follow you, your way. I'm not telling you what to do. I want you to tell me what to do. I want to tell you that for us, We should not tell Jesus what to do. We should seek to follow him, to look to him, to to follow his lead. That we might be his followers, not think of him as the one who follows after our plans. Don't tell me what to do. And then lastly, um, and there's more, like I said, Jesus is teaching that he is the large part and that we are the small. He is the large part and that we are the small. What's, what's amazing about this, and I've looked at the parallel passage in John and I've thought of this. And so I, I look at those disciples and, and I think, and I'm disappointed in their faith. That's, I'll just say it that way. I'm disappointed in their faith. They'd seen Jesus do miracles before they'd seen him. This wasn't something they read about him in the Bible even, or they've heard from a friend of a friend. They had seen Jesus do miracles. And Jesus says, you take care of him. You, 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 go, you go feed him lunch. There, there could have been a sense of, uh, of faith-filled excitement to that. Jesus just empowered me to do lunch. Maybe I can do miracles under his power. And, and as Jesus comes and says, you need to take care of lunch to say, Jesus, I can't do it, but I know that you can. I know that you can. In fact, um, we have this lunch here, or here's a pile of rocks. Maybe try that. Or make the grass turn into pizza. You know, they could have said anything. They could have said anything. They were standing before Jesus. But what did they do? They pulled out the calculator. They looked at their resources and they said, can't be done. It's only five loaves, two fish, lots of people. Can't be done. I want you to get this. Jesus is the large part. We are the small part. 
Jesus is the large part. We are the small part. As you look at this, they played a part in, in dinner. What was it? Waiters and waitresses, right? They were, the, they were the ones. They didn't make the food. They didn't produce the food. They delivered the food. They were meals on wheels, you know. They, they were the ones that handed it out. And th- th- that's a very small part, right? Necessary part. They could have done it buffet style. You know, everyone come, you know. We'll... we'll uh, We'll release this group over here and then this group over here. You guys sitting over by the rock, you come over here. You know, they could have done all that, but they didn't. That that Jesus gave them a small part in this miracle that they would go and deliver it. And as we look at this, I want I want you to know that all of life is like that. That you, you want Jesus to be the large part, his power working out in your life in your marriage, in your family, in this church, in the Sunday school rooms, in the youth ministry, in in everything that we do here, we want Jesus to be the large part that His power is being displayed and that we are an insignificant, small part that He would receive the glory. At the end of the day, Those disciples knew that it wasn't by their own doing that they provided lunch. In fact, I I can imagine those conversations as the thousands of people were out there. They didn't have a public address announcement deal. Uh, Jesus just provided lunch. But as they they went out, undoubtedly someone said, well, where'd you get that? Oh, it's quite a story. So we had this small lunch, this and and Jesus prayed and heard all this. Well, that's more. I know Jesus did a miracle. Wow. The small part is us. The large part is Jesus. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for the blessing and encouragement of seeing Jesus in action this morning in in Matthew chapter 14. God, we are are so confused about our relationship to Him. We we seek His spot, and yet we are meant to be that small part. And, And what a thrill it is to work with Jesus and to be a part of His family, a part of His work. God, I ask that You would help us sort out in our own minds what this means for us what it means for our week. Uh, I ask that you would write in our hearts and minds, um, clarify for us our position before you, both as uh, a child of yours first and then uh, a part of your family and our, our roles that we play. God, help us to not seek glory for ourselves. Help us to not follow after plans that we have made up, things that we have desired, but rather... Uh, May we be a part of what Jesus is doing in this world today. Thank you for the work of Christ here in this church, the redemption that has happened, um, the joy that has come from us knowing him and knowing you through him. Uh, God, we praise you for this time that we were able to look at your word. Glorify yourself in your church this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Two things I want to share with you. as we close today, just by way of announcement. First of all, there's fellowship time. There's a lot of good food over there today. It'll blow your mind. So you want, want to head over there. 
Um, second thing I want to tell you is we have some guests here today, and I'm sure for one of them it was quite interesting for her to see the seniors up here uh, because Shan- where'd Shannon go? She's in the nursery somewhere. Shannon Ross. Uh, some of you know Shannon Ross, but she, many moons ago, uh, she uh, was part of our church here in this place. Uh, her husband, Michael, is here. Michael, why don't you raise your hand? Uh, they are uh, got some plans to go to Thailand, and uh, you can talk to them over in the fellowship hall about those plans and what, what God's doing in their lives as well. Thank you for being here today. You are dismissed.